Hey, everybody, Dave Hagen here. Today, we're going to talk about considering your housing, the first of the three things to consider after your house is in order. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or the TFWP as we like to call it. You are listening to episode 426. We are going to talk about housing today, the first of three things to consider after your house is in order. For those of you that were listening a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the five steps to uh, financial success. And then we talked about the three additional things that everybody should probably consider or would want to consider. And today we're going to talk about the first of those three. Now, for those of you that are every week study listeners, you may know or realize that we have been away for a couple of weeks. And we have just finished our little vacation because, hey, you can get too much of a good thing. So we took a couple of weeks off and now we're coming back fat and sassy and we're ready to go. And speaking of sassy, look who is back with us today, Mr. Nick Appel. Nick, how are you? Baby, it's a pleasure to be back. I'm so happy I'm back from Cancun. Oh, you got to love that. That's a hardship. I'm not uh, cutting you any slack on that. Was the weather good? Hot, sunny? Hot, sunny, and humid. I'm, I'm not used to the humidity um, yeah. li- living here in San Diego. Yeah, no, it makes it kind of tough. Makes it kind of tough. But maybe more importantly, you are back from what I like to call the quiz. Oh, you God. took the bar exam. <laughs> you we took just, the bar exam, dude. <laughs> can we just not talk about it? Um, I, I I don't get results until November, so. Oh, I remember the day now to like right about Thanksgiving time, right? The week before, so it's going to be the best feast or the worst feast. Oh, it's going to be the it's going to be the best feast. I'm 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 sure that I'm sure that. All right, so. Now you've got your life back. You spent, what, 10 weeks studying? Give or take. And then uh, three days for the quiz. Two days now. Two, two days for the quiz. All right. When, when I did it, it was like two and a half, something like that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and now you're, now you're back. Now you, you got a job lined up. You're going to go back to work in about a week, week and a half. I do. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a job lined up. Nice. Nice. And you just spend a little time in in Cancun. I'm I'm looking at you through Zoom. Looks like you got a little bit of sun. Oh, don't be so nice, Dave. Oh my goodness. (laughs) But (laughs) So let me ask you this. If if you were going to think over this experience that you just completed, and and I don't mean by that Cancun, I mean the bar exam, uh, what would be the one takeaway from this experience that you want to share with our listeners? Is there something that that stands Dave, out? Dave, it, it's something you said to me two years ago. Yeah. Or th- three years ago. Don't go to law school. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed the experience. You know, we talked about that three years ago here on the podcast, actually. And, and uh, that relates into, you know, some of the discussions that we've had over the last couple of years about student loans and, and potential income and, and job satisfaction and blah, 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 blah. But what's done is done. Now you've got your, your degree, your Juris Doctor, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool because I paid uh, $170,000 for this piece of paper. Yeah, but will someone buy you a drink in a bar because of that? I don't know. <laughs> well, hopefully. Ho- hopefully it's you, Dave. And the other thing is, you know, now now people uh, around you for the rest of your life are going to think, wow, Nick, Nick's got the extra information, the extra education. He's really thinking behind the scenes and around the corners. He's a sharp guy. We got we to gotta really up our conversation to, uh, to be with him. And then people are going to say what I call the doctor. I have a pain syndrome. <laughs> so you're at a party. And if you're a doctor, everyone goes, oh, oh, doctor, I have a pain. We're here now. They're going to be asking <laughs> you legal questions. They're going to go, well, uh, Nick, you know, I, this is something that's been uh, bugging me for a lot of years. I, I got to know. Does uh, superfluidity vitiate in the California Civil Code? I don't know. I don't care. But I get asked stuff like that all the time. Well, Dave, let me cut you off here. Let me ask you this. Yep. After you passed the bar. Yep. When was the first time that a friend asked you for free legal advice? Oh, like probably within the first week. All the time, right? How about for you? Just yesterday. Just yesterday? Well, see, you, you got that magic knowledge. I'm, I'm not even an attorney yet. I, I, I can't give legal advice. Well, let's just say you're an attorney. You're just not licensed yet. You don't have your license. Uh, see, that, that JD, I think, means that, uh, you know, you're an attorney at law. You're just not licensed go. to walk into court. There we go. Yep. Yep. I remember when I was uh, getting sworn in back in the day. What was it? About uh, five years ago. And... Um, <laughs> And, you know, we were taking the oath and about three, four, five of my friends jumped in the car, didn't even stick around for the, uh, uh, you know, for the reception because their firms had already scheduled them into law in motion downtown, which, no which at the time was really damn exciting. But now it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Well, 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 talking about passing the bar, it's funny. I was just talking to my grandpa. And as you know, my grandpa was an attorney. You know, he has like the bar number nine yeah. out of like 300,000. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that he paid a hundred bucks to the mailman to, to rush because it came in the mail back in the day. It, it wasn't email. I remember. Thank you. <laughs> and um, he, he was like, Nick, I, I was, I was too anxious. And I'm like, grandpa, am I feeling what you're feeling right now? <laughs> it, it's, it's anxiety, you know, total, 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 total anxiety. But anyway, anyway, you look, you look the tiger in the eye, and as as my um, as my uncle used to say, you you opened his mouth, you put your hand inside, grabbed his tail, turned it inside out, and sent it home to its mom. Well, the thing is, Dave, is you know what? I left it all in the ring. I'm happy to know that I did that. Yeah, yeah, and you'll go from there. Exactly. You know, and if you get really lucky, really lucky, maybe you won't pass. You get a real job. Actually, I'm pulling your leg. <laughs> do you remember we actually talked about REITs, R-E-I-T's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that on another episode, but um, I was just offered a, a business proposition. 
Nice. Nice. Well, something to think about, right? You never know. You never know. All right. Great to have you back. Great to chit chat a little bit with you. You know, I've had a couple of listeners tell me, hey, when is Nick taking the bar exam? And I wanted to make sure that all the people that are listening in know that you took it and that you're back and that we're happy that you're back. And now we're going to get back to the business of the TFWP. So very early on in the podcast, about three and a half, almost four years ago now, we started talking about my five steps to financial freedom. And in episode 103, we talked about step one, which was get rid of the cards. We spent a lot of time talking about the negative effects of credit cards. In episode 104, we talked about step two, knowing your flow, knowing what's coming in and out financially each month. In step three, episodes 105, six, and seven, we talked about different ways to eliminate debt, a critical and difficult step. In episode 108, we talked about step four. We talked about it again later in episode 222 about creating an emergency fund and the peace of mind and sheer joy that comes with that. In step five, episode 109, we talked about 15% into savings. Uh, initially, we talked about uh, for retirement, but now we call that era in our life being financially independent. And then we said, hey, do whatever you want after that, but have a plan. But I want to start talking about what to do, some things to consider when you're at that point, when you're putting together that plan. And I think that there are three things, important things to consider financially. We're going to spend the next uh, number of episodes talking about these things. And um, we're going to spend the majority of our time on the first one. The first one is consider housing. Next week, we're going to talk about consider education. And finally, we're going to talk about consider philanthropy. But today, we're going to consider housing. And for a lot of people out there, I'm sure you're thinking, well, this is this is a no-brainer, right? This is easy. I, I, I want to own a home. Everybody wants to own a home. Homeownership is the birthright of the American system. Everybody's going to own a house, right? Everyone wants to own a house. You don't want to like throw money away on rent. Well, that might be generally true, but there's some things that you want to think about because whether you want to own a house depends. It just depends. So here's some things to think about. Gee, if you rent, you don't have to worry about coming up with a down payment. That's a pretty nice benefit. Now, only if you set that money aside, that down payment aside and invest it in something else, does it make sense? But at least if you're going to continue to rent, you don't have to come up with that down payment, which a lot of times can be really difficult to come up with. Um, second thing, maintenance, cost, and repairs. Um, it's a lot more expensive to own a house, to repair a house, to improve a house. Uh, and that's in addition to whether you have the ability and the, and the time to do something like that. So um, consider the fact that, you know, it's a lot more costly to maintain and, and keep up a house. Um, another thing, uh, if you, if you rent, you have to deal with a landlord, but if you deal with a, a house, you don't have to deal with the landlord. Now I haven't dealt with a landlord for 
a lot of years, but it's something that you have to deal with. Most landlords are pretty easy to get along with, but there are some that are not. That's something to consider. Another advantage of renting is you don't have to worry about real estate taxes. Now in Cali, this is a big deal, not so much because of the rate of the interest, but because of the value of the property that they're taxing you on. I remember one time we were looking at a, a new house, a larger house, and we looked at the mortgage amount and we said, geez, you know, we could afford that. But when we calculated the new tax bill, the monthly tax bill would be larger than what we were currently paying on our mortgage. And we said, oh man, I'm, I'm going to stay put. I don't want to pay that much tax. Now, I suppose you don't mind it so much when you, when you look at how, how well and, and frugally and thoughtfully they spend our tax dollars. But I don't usually feel that way. So I don't dig paying those taxes, even though I do. You know, one of the biggest reasons to, to or one of the biggest things to think about in terms of renting or owning is, uh, whether you're going to move around a lot, you know, you want some flexibility as where you're going to live. If you're new in a company, they might transfer you. If you decide that you want to live in a couple different places and check it out, it's not as uh, easy to own a house. You know, the average time in a house is seven years. That's the average time that people own a house. So there's a lot of people buying and selling. And remember this, each time you sell a house, it's going to cost you six to 8%. Every time you move, typically a realtor is going to charge 6%, split that commission, at least in California, they split that commission with the, the buying broker. And then you've got costs of sale. You've got title insurance. You've got other kinds of things that you need to pay for. Um, and in Los Angeles, a nice, big, juicy city tax. And it is expensive. Every time you move, you're going to slice 6 to 8% off the top uh, for commissions and, and the other expenses that you have. An advantage of renting is you have access to the amenities. A lot of places that rent, you've got weight rooms and pools and stuff like that. And if you own a house. Wait, Dave, 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 I am so sorry for interrupting you. Are you telling me that I have a weight room that I don't use? I know. I know it could be. I hope you're using it, man. <laughs> when I, I, when I, I lived in the apartment, that was, that was one of the benefits that, that I really liked. I, that was pretty cool to have a weight room to go down to. I'm, I'm, I'm moving in two weeks and I can't wait to get to a weight room and I can't yeah. wait to get, we have a pool. And by the way, I know you're a football fan. I can't wait for football coming up. Oh, it's going to be huge, right? It's going to be think huge. So. Yeah. 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 Now the, the other, the flip side of that, I suppose is we we've always committed a, a house in the room or a room in the house to, to, you know, workout room not always weights and stuff, but, you know, some machines, a television, a place to stretch and, and do the stuff that you want to do. And that's nice because then you don't have to worry about George just finishing using the machine and living a big old sweat spot on something. But it's nice not to have to pay for that. It's nice to have that included where you live when you, when you rent. Another thing to consider when you rent is you don't have to worry about decreasing property values which is really pretty interesting in California. Back in the day, I used to tell people, hey, I don't know anyone that's ever lost a dime in California real estate. And I've seen property values go down significantly twice since that time. People completely wiped out in their real estate transactions. So uh, that's something to think about. Another thing to think about is flexibility. You want the flexibility not only to move, 
but also to downsize or to upsize. So that's something to think about. You need an extra room. It's a lot easier to rent a new place than to, to get another house. Another thing to think about is when you rent, you've got a fixed rent amount. You know, a lot of people, when they buy a house, they sign these variable loans and the, the loan amount can, can go up. Um, I've dealt with people that all of a sudden get a big old mortgage payment and it turns out they had a 10 year interest only. And then the loan started to amortize and they had to pay off principal and the amount of their loan or monthly payment went up like two and a half times. And they didn't even realize that. I find it hard to believe they didn't know that, but they really didn't realize it. Your insurance costs are lower in an apartment than a house. Insurance can be a significant thing, especially out here in the West where we've got all these fires and insurance companies don't want to insure houses. So you don't have to worry about that when you rent and you don't have to worry about utility costs so much. When you have an apartment with units on both sides of you, typically, it's a lot easy, easier to heat and cool that where if you got a house, you got some big rooms like think of this, the, the living room that you never hardly go to. Well, you got to heat and cool that thing too. So there's a lot of different things that you want to think about and consider um, when you're thinking about whether home ownership is really something that, that you want to do. On top of that, I saw some studies recently that show that on the average, renting costs about $600 a month less for comparable types of, um, of housing. So not only do you not have all the additional expenses, the overhead, the utilities, the insurance, the lack of flexibility to move, the real estate taxes, et cetera, et cetera. But studies show that renting costs about $600 a month less. Now, Dave, Dave, I'm looking on my Facebook groups yeah. and from my hometown, which you're very close to, mm -hmm. and people are posting DWP or Department of Water and Power bills that are close to like $2,000 yep. every two months. What's going on with that? I, I had one one time. Yeah. Well, you know, we've had a lot of heat out here lately and people don't want to be in their house when it's, you know, 80, 82 and, and sweat like some kind of a farm animal. And so they crank on that AC. Uh, and that AC uses a lot of electricity, especially an older unit. And you run into these real crazy, crazy kinds of bills. We had a, a gosh, we had a water bill of a thousand bucks for two months just recently. How much are you going to the gym, Dave? Oh my God. <laughs> I think I should work out here at the house and then go to, go to the gym to take a shower. I, it's crazy just to keep the, you know, the stuff in the yard from not turning brown. And we don't, we don't have like a large lawn. We got a couple little patches, but um, you know, the, the water bill has been crazy in Los Angeles. The, the electric bill has been crazy in Los Angeles. In fact, um, the third element to that is the, the sewer bill. At least around here, the sewer bill is a function of how much water you're using because they figure you're dumping the majority of it um, you know, into the sewer, flushing it down the toilet. But if you can show what part of that is going to landscaping, they will not charge you the sewer bill on your landscaping water 
So a lot of people are having a second meter put on that just goes to the, the sprinklers or the landscaping so that they can cut down on the size of their sewer bill because these $1,000, $2,000 bills are, are crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. Now, think of this, though. On the other side of the coin, if you buy, you would then have free rent after 30 years. It'd be pretty nice to be living in a house that's paid for and you won't have to make a mortgage payment. Now, you're still going to have these other costs. You're going to have the insurance and the heating and the cooling and the water, blah, 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 blah. But you're not going to have the mortgage payment. It's almost like you would be living for free at that point. But that's 30 years down the line. That's a long time. A lot of things are going to change in 30. If you're renting rather than buying, it's kind of like um, the, the dichotomy of buying or leasing a car. With a lease, it's less upfront, but you have nothing later. So that's something to think about as well. So now that we've talked about all these things, everyone's still thinking, well, Dave, what, what's your advice? What's your advice? Well, here's what I would do. First of all, I'd set aside some time to consider or ponder this decision. And I would be honest with myself about all the above factors. Do I like to do repair work? Do I have an inclination to do repair work? Do I like where I live? Do I want to move? Am I the kind of person that moves around a lot or likes to stay in a place? Will I set aside money that I'm otherwise saving if I'm renting into my investments? Am I that kind of person? And then develop a plan. To me, I would rent first. I wouldn't get into a great big house payment. I would rent in the smallest place that you can for a while. And I would save money for a down payment, 20%, 20%. If you can, a lot of lenders, a lot of realtors will tell you they can get you in for 10%, sometimes even less. You're not going to be able to control the transaction. You're going to have to pay extra fees and costs if you're only 10% in. If you've got 20% in your pocket, you're going around and looking for a house, you will be considered a serious buyer. And then next, consider a 15-year loan. Remember, I said that if you were making payments, you'd have a free house, sort of, at the end of 30 years, but that's a long time. Remember, I said that most people live in a house for about seven years. So that's what, five, five houses during that period of time, six houses, whatever it is. So consider a 15-year loan. Now you're going to pay more monthly, but it also means at the end of 15 years, you'll have a house that you live in, almost like having free housing in 15 years. And that would be two houses, two houses if you're typical or, or normal. Now, I know that this is aggressive, 15 years, 20% down, but it's the optimal plan if you decide that you otherwise want to buy a house. If you don't want to buy a house, you're going to make that lower monthly rental payment, but you really should set aside some money so that you have extra cash flow when you become financially independent so that you will have interest on your investments accruing and you can pay that rent. We talked about Social Security so many times on the show and the fact that Social Security is only going to provide 30, 30 something percent of your retirement. And you certainly don't want to be trying to pay the rent with your, your Social Security check. So um, that is my thought in terms of 
considering housing. I think it's something that we should all think about. It'd be great to have a house to live in, but it is not for everybody. There are certainly uh, downsides. So there you have it. Now, next week, we're going to talk about considering education. And then you're going to say, well, David, what if I'm already educated? Well, I'll tell you what you can do if you're already educated and why it's still important to consider education. Now, normally we do a couple emails, but hey, we're out of time. We spent a lot of time at the top of the show welcoming Nick back, and I enjoyed it. It was a worthwhile use of time, but uh, now we don't have time for emails. Nick, thanks for coming back. Good to see you, man. Thanks so much, Davey. All right, everybody. Tune in next week. This is Dave Hagan, and you are listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.